Welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my best good friends Joe and Duff. Hi everybody. Did I hear a little bit of a southern drawl? I don't know. Maybe this movie's having an effect on Your intro? It's your dad's people coming through. That's right. We are talking about minutes 97 through 100 of this movie. We're in triple digits. Yep. We're now at like where where I would prefer a movie to end. 100 minutes is good. You did your your work. Um, We're not there yet on this movie. Uh, We are... This starts with Jenny, the boat, surviving the storm, and ends with Forrest visiting his dying mom. Uh... So that would be fun to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, as we mentioned uh, previously, <laughs> one tripping boat survives the storm. And, of course, it's the white guys. A vengeful Old Testament God has smoten everyone. <laughs> has done re- reverse affirmative action. <laughs> uh, has spared uh, Forrest and his legless uh, helper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this is a story about America. There's nothing more American than a monopoly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we see that. We see that here. Um, you know what? I bet in the the universe, the actual Forrest Gump universe, I bet Bubba Gump shrimp sucks. Like, I bet that it's like gas station shrimp. Gas station shrimp. What's gas that station That famous shrimp? thing people always complain about. Yeah. Yeah, so I went over. Did you go to Aunt uh, Aunt Palma's uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah. Gas station shrimp, as usual. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm saying the that is quick the, trip the quality of shrimp that would be sold at a gas station. You're <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> I'm standing by this. Maybe this is why Bubba Gump got so big, is they were the ones that think, do you know what people want on that road trip? Some fried shrimp. And they're not wrong. Well, I would be less concerned about fried shrimp at a gas station. Yeah, at least you know it's probably cooked through. Then I'm just Maybe saying, like, I bet my point is that I bet their shrimp is just trash, trash shrimp. Even though like well, shrimp is kind of trashy, literally. Yeah, wow. bottom of the sea. You do, you scrape it up from the bottom. I get yeah. that. I get what you're saying. Well, so you we live like, at the bottom of the atmosphere. Well, and, are, and aren't we the worst things on planet? Yeah, we're pretty trashy too. All right, speak for yourselves. Um, so, <laughs> the other thing that happens here is, you know, we kind of have this newsreel footage. And we sort of discussed this before. Uh, we see that uh, uh, Force Mom sees him on TV, waving on the car on TV. Which, once again, like this whole clip is so crazy. <laughs> now that you put it in the in the context, show. Of God wiping out all the minorities so these white people can <laughs> of, finally do well of shrimping. Of Forrest and Lieutenant Dan reaping the spoils of a just savage incident that killed eight people and caused, what was it, $125 million worth of yeah. damage. Just Des- decimated generations. <laughs> there they are. So we go back at the bus stop, and this guy who's been listening to Forrest for quite a while, he... Cannot this is the, believe. This is the guy who had a war boner, who yes. was really eager to talk about war, as you do when you're a middle-aged white guy. <laughs> the old, ye old war boner. Um, 
and he just walks off in disbelief at the idea that Forrest uh, was the CEO. I don't like this. I don't like seeing <laughs> – this sounds weird. I don't like seeing the people on the park bench – perform more than just listening and saying a line or something like i like i I, it kind of takes me out that this guy is like you know gets off and and storms off the the bench i don't know i don't like it it's a weird payoff because we all know that oh now forrest is gonna do something and show that he is famous or whatever like there's there's never any suspense about whether forrest is an unreliable narrator yeah yeah we don't think he's lying we, we, we've seen this happen. We know that this is, I don't know. And then, and then to prove it, he pulls up. Now, this movie does special effects pretty well. And we're going to talk uh, later in this segment about a scene where it's done very well. Uh, i tell you what it's not done well in. The Photoshop on this Fortune magazine cover that he shows. <laughs> what the hell is happening here? <laughs> this looks like something Joe did in paint and sent to us as a gag. <laughs> I didn't look that closely at it. It's so bad. It's like, <laughs> I can't, like, it's, I just don't understand how they put force in all these real life <laughs> events. And then this magazine cover looks like it's like a, a, like somewhat like a mad magazine version of fortune. I'm trying to think of what version of Photoshop would have been out around this time. It would not have been a Photoshop version at this uh. time. Uh, it's wildly bad. Uh, and they're holding, like, I don't know if it's a bag or, like, a giant can or what is happening. It's the Bubba Gump market. It's a big old bucket for tossing in shirt tails. It's, uh, it's like I'm looking at it now. And also Forrest's eyes are closed during it, which actually I think that is a nice touch. His eyes are always closed in every picture you see of Forrest Gump in this movie. Why does the shrimp come in an hourglass can? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Joe, you mentioned it is true. Every time we see a picture of Forrest Gump, his eyes are closed in this movie. Which I think is a good gag. Yeah, that's a fun, like, underrated, like, gag. But this thing, <laughs> it looks like it looks like they were never near the sea. <laughs> um, I just oh, can't get I actually think it looks like, I, I actually think it looks like a real magazine cover would have looked back then. Like, oh, crappy. I think, so. like, I think it's yeah. supposed, I think it looks crappy on purpose. Yeah, it, it just doesn't look like a photo that was taken. It looks it, like it looks know. hilarious. <laughs> I do. I whether that was intentional or not, I do not know. I would. So what that that sent me off into like a um, kind of a bit of a a, a mind tangent. Who reads Fortune magazine? What kind of what kind of like like soulless sociopath do you have to be to be like I want the magazine that's all about rich people? Uh, my father. He gets Fortune magazine. Well, especially uh, pre pre internet. He used to, yeah. Um, so one aspect of it. Explain. And, what do you mean pre internet? Why would it? Why would you? Why would that make? Because a difference? how else would you get financial news unless like yeah. you know the, the Wall newspaper? Street Journal is pretty expensive. Like Fortune's just like you know fifty bucks a year for the whatever magazine. Yeah. So, so basically, the point of this magazine is to give investment advice. I no, guess I don't know. I'm just, I just, I'm repelled it's, by it's it. It's like, but. it's, it's like stories about, you know how like the internet, like 30% of his garbage stories about like young entrepreneurs and t- Silicon Valley guys, but then also like Lee Iacocca dies and we pretend he wasn't a terrible person. Like 
you had to pay for a magazine of that before the internet. Like, yeah, that, I mean, it's it was a business magazine. That's that's all it was. And well, it it it's kind of I it, it led me down to to see like I was like in this day and age, what person would willingly be on the cover of this magazine? It, it's like an advertisement to get guillotined. And what's striking is that if you look at most of the covers from 2019, they don't have anyone on the cover of it. And I wonder if that's intentional. But some some choice headlines I saw, like, Spotify saved the music industry. Now what? It's like, hmm, I, no one asked the artists <laughs> about about that part of it. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, Fortune, that's cool. Fortune magazine, it's the same audience as Reader's Digest. Um. Well, at this, I, rich I, people, I, I don't but, know if I would agree necessarily, but I mean, I do think to Duff's point, like now I don't, I mean, listen, I don't know who gets magazines now, like first off, um, but I think like before, if you were like, oh, I'm a business person, how can I learn more about what people in business do outside of like the industry I work in? That would yeah. be a way to see that. And I think they had like investor guides that would come out every year. So I... I have something that I think really ties Fortune magazine and this movie together more than the, it already does, literally. But so it is very weird to think back on it. And I'm thinking about like my dad reading business magazines. Um, my dad is not a businessy person. He he was a property manager, which is not quite like blue collar, but close. <laughs> Like he, like the majority of his work life was driving around in a pickup truck he lived in, and like he was not a tidy man, or he he's alive still. He's he wasn't tidy in that truck, and so I'm thinking about is like you know it really is wild that he subscribed to Fortune, and I think a lot of it is just tied to the 1980s. It's it's being aspirational. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And. but it's that hyper aspirationalness of God, the best thing in the world that would make everything uh, okay and fill in all the missing parts of me is if I had money. And that is the, the Trump thing. And to a lesser extent, the, the GOP in general, but it's just all these like really, and again, like my dad is part of this is just kind of sad dudes who aren't in touch with themselves because they're they grew up in another era where that was sometimes literally beaten out of them it's like oh god if I, i'm gonna be rich and that's that's gonna fix everything it's gonna fix this hole inside of me and that's why like like my dad like watched the apprentice and was like and i think like it's just of that mindset it's like oh trump's a good businessman it's like because if he wasn't then that destroys the dream that destroys the aspiration so they can't believe they can't have that spoiled for them and that's what i think fortune magazine is all about like there's a cognitive dissonance and i think on some level they know that it's really really stupid to read but they're like nope i'm gonna be rich i'm gonna need this knowledge i just realized that i confuse forbes and fortune magazine in my head all the time i mean it's funny i'm looking through these old covers in june of 2017 they had travis kalanick on the cover Who's and that? he was the old ceo of uber who had to resign oh, okay. in disgrace yeah. after all kinds of problems yeah uh, i mean yeah. it's 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 remarkable um you know if you were a subscriber to this magazine like uh, you know mark zuckerberg is frequently like a cover story it's like donald trump 
yeah, well, many and, and many of them pretend to be like, is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? And uh, it's it's kind of uh, Jamie Dimon, uh, how Jamie Dimon is reviving Detroit. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that worked out well. The Young Rebels reshaping business, and it's about the guy who started DraftKings. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, I don't... It just I mean, it's, I don't... It, what, what I find beautiful about it is how even like this magazine that worships billionaires, like even they... Uh, end up putting these figures on the cover who not even less than a year after they were on it were already exposed as complete frauds and a joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wonder just in general, like, you know, there's already been a decline of, of magazine readership because of the internet stuff, but I kind of wonder if the finally, the final, like, death nail happens while we're recording this, we're sort of, you know, we're in the middle of a uh, coronavirus lockdown and, like, you know, when you start thinking of like uh, ways of that germs get around and stuff, like magazines and newspapers and common areas is pretty gross. As a way to like, oh yeah, it's like a notorious thing about waiting rooms and doctors' offices is that the magazines you should never touch. Yeah, yeah, but, but I like, don't know that that's like necessarily a critique of magazines themselves. Well, I mean, but that's that's kind of like one of their last bastions of having... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's their, last, it's, it's their Helm's Deep is your dentist <laughs> office. Kind of, yeah. But what, what's going to come and save them, like Gandalf, is the fact that also this is killing all of the websites too. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, the uh, we Moving on here, we have... Um, this woman that starts talking to Forrest, who I guess she's not, but I've always imagined she's in her bathrobe, but it's not, it's not a bathrobe. It's I get like it. A, it's like a pink jacket, it, it but looks it kind of looks like an old lady bathrobe. It looks, All right, it yeah, looks, no, I, I do see it. It's You're pink right. and it looks very comfortable. So Yeah, and she's, she's all in. She's pretty nice to Forrest. And so uh, we go back and we have another touching moment here, Joe. Nice. With the... Uh, Lieutenant Dan thanking Forrest for well, he never, well he, th- he never actually he never actually thanks him, but and then and then you also have some really bad special effects with that super fake like sunshine in the background of the uh, him swimming. Yes, but the the effects before that legless effects are pretty good. But yeah. it, the the background of it looks like a, a painting that you would find in your dentist's office. The, That's true. The, the looks like thing. a it's a Thomas Kincaid. Yeah, when he's in the water, yeah, for sure. But when he jumps off the boat. Uh, that that works really well. And uh, in the commentary, Zemeckis talks about special effects, and I thought this was interesting in that he compared special effects to the microphone. And he said that when, you know, talkies first came out, people would talk about, like, oh, where do you think the microphone was hidden? Uh, where was the microphone when they did this? Which, if you've seen Sing in the Rain, is actually, like, a subplot on that movie. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, people stop asking that question. No one... No one asked that question, obviously, anymore. Hmm. But, you know, and, and that's the idea for special effects, too, is that you, you end up making it invisible, that it ends up being just another tool like you would use a long lens. Um, hmm. Interesting which, theory. Yeah, which is like, you know, when special effects is done well, it, it's, you know, you don't lean on it. It's just something you do to be like, oh, well, we're going to just, you know, make a little change here to, to make that work. Um, and then eventually so, you're having a cgi tom hanks uh go to the polar express exactly i was gonna say that then zemeckis is like oh i got an idea yeah beowulf (laughs) or whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i remember and i don't know why i remember this because i don't 
I kind of remember like the exact instance of seeing this in the theater, but the one thing I do remember is when this happened, I thought that this was Lieutenant Dan's exit from the movie. Like I thought yeah. we, we would He not. just swims off into oblivion and drowns. <laughs> like we never see him again. I'm like, oh, bye Lieutenant Dan. I actually get that because like, you know, when he It's very poetic. Yeah, and even before that, when he like jumps off the boat, it's it's not that dissimilar to like you know some ways we've seen Jenny in this movie. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of like the ending of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where a dude just runs away after breaking out of the institution. I mean, okay, so here's a question: What if we talked about you know a hundred minutes being the perfect Rob length for a movie? But what if the movie just ended here? Uh. <laughs> Well, there'd be no closure with the Jenny storyline. Yeah. So then that would make her thing even more disgraceful. <sighs> That's true. Yeah, but other if if not for Jenny, it does tie up all the loose ends. Yeah, you if you didn't have Jenny in this movie and it was just like Forrest and Lieutenant Dan, it kind of kind of works. Because it's like, yeah, he fulfilled his agreement with Bubba. Him and yep. Lieutenant Dan make it. They made it. They're shrimping mm-hmm. guys, Dan thanks him for saving his life and he's made his peace with god you have a payoff of like Forrest being a rich guy yeah yeah i can't wait to recut this movie as like <laughs> a 90 minute force gump i wanted to bring something up that this segment hits home on i don't like this movie i don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh, thank you man god damn it duff's <laughs> jumped ship he, he was. Just like were you ever on Dan. the ship? He was on. The I, ship. I I was I was like putting one foot on the ship. Like I remember, I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel when I get done with this. I I fully on just like no, this this movie's dumb. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this anymore. It gets so much worse after this. Um. So here's <laughs> here's why is we've talked a number of things. I mean, we've you know we just hit on how Jenny is just a pincushion in this movie mm-hmm. um <laughs> and we've talked about how it's a you know it's a conservative boomer wet dream mm-hmm. but what really does it is that this is the movie where it's supposed to be like oh this isn't every man this is just your average joe and number one it's this weird lapse of logic because shouldn't Forrest be like one of the most famous people in the world by this point he has been a college football star so he already has some level of fame war hero he was like international he's famous enough that they made a ping pong set with his face presidents with his face on a a whole storyline is that he got bored of meeting presidents yeah and so (laughs) yeah and so he should even before Bubba Gump Shrimp should be very famous and now he is on top of that he's like just like oh and i'm a successful shrimp boat captain and like no one knows who he is so there's that lapse of movie logic and then just at the same time it's like it just kind of spits in the face it's like no he's not an everyman like again it's just like he's the he's an idiot who's continually stumbles upward at the to the to the detriment of everyone around him, except for maybe Lieutenant Dan. And he came from the humble beginnings of a single mom who could afford a plantation house yeah. and servants. Well, it's because the insurance money from the dad and yeah. the bananas. And <laughs> <laughs> I still 
think Tom Hanks and Gary Sinise are great, but this movie is really dumb. And it's just, I'm just realizing, like, this whole segment really crystallizes how it's just like, uh, he's j- just f- failing into success and we're supposed to chuckle about it and we're supposed to, you know... Uh, Sorry, I don't like this movie. This movie and sucks. and the the real tragedy here is Rob has fully blackpilled me about Tom Hanks, and you and you even had to do the caveat of like Tom Hanks is great in this. It's like, do when are we going to just come to grips with the fact that Tom Hanks has made a lot of really bad movies that lots of people liked? Like Ooh, I, this... I've become I've become fully just Rob. Rob has ter- ter- turned me into a basement dwelling like conspiracy <laughs> nut with Tom Hanks. I've totally been blackpilled, and I'm not happy about it at all. But like I'm watching this, I'm like, you know what? He hasn't made very many good movies. I mean, he's a better guy than an actor. <laughs> but I don't which even. Is rare, I think he, but which I, is but rare. I think he. I'm not saying he's not a good actor. I think he is good. But he's, uh, I've I've just been totally blackpilled. I I'm stunned. Like he has not made very many good movies. What's going on here? <laughs> I never did think Rob was capable of doing something like this to me. But I've just been. I think he's made a lot of middling movies, uh, and also a lot of bad movies. I will say this though, seg- segueing to the movie a little bit. Can we? I know Joe. I know you you've been enjoying Lieutenant Dan. Uh. uh he has an expert beer pour yep. in this segment. And what is what is uh, Forrest eating? Is he eating cocktail sauce right I out believe, of the jar? I believe he is. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lieutenant Dan pours an entire bottle into a mug. Perfect head. Perfect well, because everything. because it's actually apple juice, probably that's probably. why it's a perfect pour. But it's still mot, mot. still. <laughs> It's a damn good pour. I respect it. As someone who is known to make mistakes on beer pours plenty of times, uh, I respect it. Whereas you're right. I think Forrest is just eating cocktail sauce. Forrest is having a serial killer's dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And I was going to, uh, before you guys got into all that, I was going to say, I was going to kind of dig into something heavy, but then, you know, Duff started talking about how... um, this movie sucks, and Joe mentioned how overrated Tom Hanks is. You blackpilled um, me. It's your I fault. Well, I, I, but it happened mostly because I'm such a Tom Cruise stan. Yeah, well, I, I was, I suffered from just, unintended blowback. Yes, you just couldn't tolerate uh, another Tom being more praised. We have to move on here. So this is 1975, and we have the assassination attempt on Gerald Ford's life. Someone was inspired by Hamilton, and they took their best shot. <laughs> Uh, I had no idea there were so many attempts on Gerald Ford's life. It was like a a hobby at the time for the nation. <laughs> How many attempts were there? Uh, I don't. There's. I, I just googled it. There's one in Sacramento, one in San Francisco. I think it probably was because he pardoned Nixon, and people are kind of mad about that. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's for sure. So I, I have a topic. We didn't talk about what happens after. You know. So Forrest gets the call that his mom is sick, much like he did before. Just jumps off the boat. Yep. Leaves Lieutenant Dan. Leaves a handicapped veteran alone on a boat. <laughs> He's got beer. He's fine. That's true. And cocktail sauce. <laughs> so, so Forrest 
Uh, and that was the last time we saw Forrest. Like you're yeah. talking about the last time we see that was like the exit of Lieutenant Dan. Uh, what if that was the exit of Forrest? Movie, in this movie? movie ends there. <laughs> so Forrest runs home, literally runs home, mm-hmm. and to see his mom. Mm-hmm. And this, maybe this is why I where I why I turned salty about this movie because in the same segment. We just have two things, one of which is a lesser sin, but still something I hate in movies, is he comes home and his mom just looking the same chipper as can be like, I'm dying. It's just yeah, my time. I, I'm with you on this, Duff. Whenever like a character is dying in a movie and they're like, quick, give them a tissue so they look sick. Yeah. Especially like, and maybe I'm just making this up. Doesn't, doesn't it turn out that she had cancer? Like. Do they say later that she had cancer? I think it was cancer, yeah. Yeah. So just I feel like everyone, if not directly, knows of someone whose like parent died of cancer. They're not just sitting in bed with the window open looking like nothing's wrong, like, I'm dying. It's my time. Yeah. She, she has Non- those rich people drugs, man. Ugh, nonsense. It is it is I agree. It's also weird because we go a long time without seeing her. Like, we don't see her much in the movie. And, like, a minute and a half before we find out she's dying, we see her on the couch, like, watching clips of, like, the Hurricane Carmen. Yeah. And then, like, two minutes later, you know, she's got a tissue, so she must be sick. Yep. Well, it would have spent a lot later because they have their own branded merchandise and cocktail sauce. So <laughs> That's true. I'm assuming yeah, this is, like, at least a half later. a year later. And, uh, again, we get this one of my biggest pet peeves not once but we get twice in this movie because later on we have jenny dying of aids and just like oh i'm tired (laughs) jesus christ this movie sucks (laughs) (laughs) duff's coming the thing that will something beautiful always comes out of our movie by minute podcasts and what comes out of this one is duff wants a more authentic death in his middle brow oscar bait movies I want people screaming there's and crying, a, and I want bedpans. There's not even a puke bucket. <laughs> Maybe you just can't see it. Yeah, well, look at okay. I'm let me offer a rebuttal that I don't believe, but I'm doing it <laughs> just for the sake of things. Okay. Look at how this doctor took Forrest Gump, whose whole back was completely messed up, and turned him into a college football star. Yep. You think he can't make cancer comfortable? Hmm. Mm. Uh, checkmate <laughs> gotcha also his mom's wearing the same bathrobe coat as the lady on the uh the, the bus stop yeah it's probably because that woman on the bus stop killed her mom, <laughs> mom. this is now the world's greatest doctor i'm all in on this he he, he cures twisted backs and turns you into a super soldier he he makes dying of cancer just a mild inconvenience okay, yeah cancer turns into i didn't sleep well last night so i'm gonna stay in bed for a while can, can i ask you guys a wardrobe question i know i've been fixated on clothes in this yeah this you've been getting a lot of shoes uh, uh, can you go to 313 where's the top button on that shirt have you ever seen a shirt like this and we'll have to post a screenshot of this i guess I don't know where the top button is. Have you ever in your life seen a shirt like this? Do you think do you think do you think they had like is this like a special effect mishap? That's like, I what I want to know. Why is the top button hidden? <laughs> What's going on? 
I don't know. And he wears like a blue checkered shirt like this throughout the movie a lot, uh, like pretty much all the time. Does it always miss? We got this is the thing we got to keep an eye on. If it's always, yeah, we got to look at this. This is for how often this shirt has been in this damn movie. I have no idea. It is like I, an optical illusion. Do you know how long I've been looking at this? I think it's two shirts stitched together because it's it's a Frankenstein shirt. I don't know what else to make of it. Now I can't stop looking at it. It's and it, horrifying. It feels like it's in 3D. It's like a priest garment but with a collar. Like a... Uh. All right, well, we'll have to post this, listeners. We'll yeah, be sure to- I just did a screenshot. I circled the absence of a top button. I'm saving it and sending it to the boys, and it's time yeah. that... I, listen, this, we're just asking questions. This, That's all we ever do. This is going to be the new what color is the dress or how would, yep. dog, how would dogs wear pants. This is a meme taking off in real <laughs> how would, time. How would dogs wear pants? Have you seen that cartoon? Yeah, like, I there's, have. There's two options of how, yes. how would a dog wear pants. Yep, I have seen that. Um. All right, so I have one last thing, guys, because I don't think there's any music that we need to talk about nope. in this segment. Um, there was, I no, wanted to there do was a- no song called My Mom Has Cancer and Is Dying and You Should Feel Sad, because that's what music <laughs> does in this movie. Kleenex on the bed. <laughs> Kleenex on the bed, cancer in my mom. <laughs> that old blues hit. Um, so I want to do a quick recap about what's happened in the book compared to the movie. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, those are always... Um, I'm not going to go through the whole book, but I just want to kind of mention, I think, things I've said earlier and then what kind of happens. Because everything that we're seeing in the movie does not happen in the book at this point. Uh, So, um, as I mentioned, space went to, uh, Forrest went to space with an orangutan. The orangutan pissed everywhere, (laughs) which caused the shuttle to crash land on an island with cannibals. They had to escape from the cannibals. Didn't but then they, they got live captured. there for years, by the way? Yeah. Well, no, they, not that long, but then they got captured by the pygmies <laughs> while they were escaping from the cannibals. I think they lived with the pygmies for like four years. Okay. I knew there was something where just there was a good chunk of time where they yep. were living with them. Uh, and then he does, Forrest does end up meeting Nixon. But, and like I said, my notes are from a long time ago. And so I don't have any clarification on here, but Nixon misunderstands Forrest and starts yelling about the tapes. <laughs> uh, I, wish, I, think that, I, had, I wish that was in this movie. I do yeah, too. me too. I think we mentioned that when uh, in the book, when he meets Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan is in a garbage bag in Washington, D.C. <laughs> what? It's just just like, what do you mean in a like, garbage bag? Like someone threw like, him out in a trash? Like, like homeless in a garbage bag and like Forrest like stumbles over him and it's Lieutenant Dan. Jesus. So I think I've said all this. What I haven't said is in the book, Lieutenant Dan, Forrest, and Jenny all get together and they live like in the same place in Indianapolis for oh, a while. gross. Do they f- <laughs> <laughs> Like all three of them, you mean? I don't. I don't think so. I just think there might be some group who wouldn't care. Okay, so they live together, and uh, Forrest becomes a successful arm wrestler. <laughs> if you've seen Over the Top, of what? course, of course, he's a he's a arm wrestler in the book, and he makes a bunch of money, uh, or he makes money uh, winning arm wrestling matches. He then, and I think I mentioned this in our trailer episode, he gets an offer to become a professional wrestler. 
the dunce. Yep, and he becomes right? the dunce where he wears uh, diapers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny doesn't like seeing him humiliate himself this way. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> so she leaves him. And uh, I don't want to get into kind of the finale of the book, but he then force ends up learning chess and becoming a chess master. No, he does not. He absolutely does. <laughs> Come so. on. So that is uh, kind of what's happened in the book at this point. He becomes like a Gary Kasparov? Yes. No, he does not. He does too. This is what happens. My the, note says it. This it book. Be true. Uh, so he meets a guy named Mr. Tribble. That sounds like a character from The Stand. Mr. Tribble <laughs> is a former international grandmaster in chess. And Forrest finds Mr. Ch- Tribble. It eats play- his brains and becomes an elite <laughs> chess master. Uh, finds Mr. Tribble playing chess with himself outside a tournament and joins in as a second player mid-game. He easily defeats the Mr. Tribble. <laughs> Who is oh impressed and convinces him to attend the International Chess Championship in L.A. Forrest wins the championship. Now, I don't remember this. This is from this. I'm reading this online. I'm reading this online, Joe. Forrest, Forrest wins the championship <laughs> and embarrasses himself with flatulence. Come on. And Mr. Tribble cuts off their partnership. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Like this, God damn it! <laughs> this this book was written by a child whose parent gave them too much Nyquil. Oh, if boy. like a pixie stick was a book, it would be Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's just the sugar fueled rampages of a ten year old. <sighs> All right. Well, listen. I don't think I, I don't need to give plugs because no one's going to listen to anything that we've talked about or done after it's this. It's been our best episode, yes, I think. An I'm I'm really mad that we didn't get a scene of Richard Nixon yelling at Forrest Gump, just going into like a paranoid. Rage. They get um, what's his name from Secret Honor? Yeah, Phil Phil Baker Hall. They get Phil Baker Hall to play Nixon and scream at him. <laughs> we were we were spared that. Uh, classic gag in this movie, I guess. So far, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, guys. I think we've done it. We we did something. Uh, listeners, we will be back next week with Coherence, maybe. No. Happy the days while I'm ending the nest Till once more they ride high out to sea